Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the State of Love and Trust, the Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. Alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. The birthday boy is here. Yeah. His week of birth is over. Yeah, yeah. I did it on the spot. Was that good? No, but I just thought of it. <laughs> I appreciate you nonetheless, Jason. The thought was there. The execution, not so much. No, you walked up to the plate. Ready to hit a home run? You called your shot, but you were caught looking on that. <laughs> no, actually, you took a swing. Actually, you you did take a, a big hack at that one. Yeah, no good. Could never hit a curveball. Anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, gang. That was called banter. If you didn't know in the business, mm. we would love it if you would subscribe to the show on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you haven't already. Uh, if you could rate us and review us, that'd be super too. And be, f- be sure to follow us on the socials, as I said at the very top of the show, in that pre-recorded bit that sounds like it was from ages ago. Here we are. It is March. It is spring training time. And with that, there's a little bit of news we'd like to get to before we get to uh, the meat and potatoes, as I usually call it. That is, Mr. Guillieri, our favorite lead singer. Eddie Vedder was on Lindsay Zarniak's The Artist and the Athlete podcast to, uh, I guess, promote the Tibet House benefit concert that he's done recently, uh, among other things. And he was asked, what would be your walk-up song? You know, batters, when they, before they walk up, they have, you know, maybe 15 seconds to get from the on-deck circle to the batter's box. And people pick songs whatever they want. Who was it a couple years ago from the Nationals that shows Baby Shark? Lovely. Uh, yeah. what, a, <laughs> what a lovely gesture, right? You know, but every, it's a rock song. It's a hip hop song or something cool. Everyone's got something, right? To, to suit their personality. One Edward Jerome Vetter shows Fugazi's Gimme the Cure. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm a little disappointed that you did not acknowledge my hacking at the curveball segue into this segment. no 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 I, I i took it in and i went right past it <laughs> outstanding look i think that's a fantastic choice from eddie you know he personalized it and uh you start thinking about walk-up songs and what they're rooted in and obviously you know the first thing that comes to mind is does the song get you in the right frame of mind to step into that batter's box right. with a plan and execute. And uh, I think with a song, you just can't pick something that sounds cool because I mean, it, if you pick something that's going to jazz you up and amp you up, you, you might not be able to settle in, you know, but if it's too calm, then you might have a hard time, you know, really just getting focused and dialing in and, and, and getting up for this, this occasion. So it's tough to say it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Cause we both asked each other a similar question, didn't we? Uh, and that question was, 
if you had to pick a Pearl Jam song to be your oh. walk-up song, <laughs> what would you choose, Jason? I thought, I thought there was another question that we were asking ourselves before we got to this question. No, you're butchering my segues. Yeah. You're not really, really you're, you're not catching on to my hints oh, and my cues. I've really made a meal of this, haven't I? Um, yeah. The question is, what would be your walk-up song? Now, we're doing a, a strictly Pearl Jam related yeah. walk-up song. We're going to stay in our lane here. Yeah. Because there's, there's, oh my God, there's so many options. Oh, for sure. Before yeah. before you replied to me that say, to say, let's just stick with Pearl Jam, I had lined up Rage Against the Machine Testify as my non-Pearl Jam option. Yeah. It's a lovely song. That's a really good one. Fugazi was, was an interesting I, I, choice. I can think of some though. audio slave songs too that would really get oh, me yeah. in the zone. Well, for me, that's the thing. You know, listening to Ed's choice, it's it's got a real slow buildup. It's kind of quiet and then eventually kind of layers and layers. And eventually the, the ending is pretty raucous. So I could see maybe the ending being in it. But the whole, for me, the whole thing is about a groove and kind of boom, hitting you and just getting you, getting that jolt of energy in you. A um, little bit of aggression, a good beat, just something to kind of get you bouncing a little bit, get that energy flowing, right? So you hop into the box and you're still kind of grooving a little bit, but not too fast, can't be too slow. Uh, I don't really think too much about the lyrics because I'm thinking the music is going to be a centerpiece and it's only like 12 to 15 seconds. Right. So for me, I think a good hit you in the mouth, get you jacked up, but not too jacked up song is Animal. Yeah. That's, you know, that's somewhere in between blood and uh, around the bend. Yeah. Yes. It's somewhere <laughs> in between those. Somewhere in between. <laughs> because you mentioned it. You mentioned um, before we got on air here, uh, even flow is a kind of obvious choice for this sort of thing. Sure. But I feel like maybe A, it's too obvious. And B, You're not even trying with that one. You know, it's just there's there's more of a groove here than than the energy. At least, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to articulate, but it just seemed a little too obvious to me. So I went with Animal. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, there's a compelling argument that even flows the quintessential Pearl Jam walk-up song. I yeah. mean, it literally puts you into an even flow. You're balanced. You're ready to hit. I, I, I get it. I get it. And so I would never take umbrage with anybody who's no. like, that's my walk-up song. I would say, I, I, of course it is. I get it. Uh, but I, I wanted to have fun with this. So I decided to challenge myself. So I took a I perused the old catalog and I bugs? came up with no, not bugs. <laughs> I came, I came up with four possible. Oh my Lord. Here. Four, four Sweet. options here. So the, the first one is no way. Just when that thing yeah. hits with the drum, I mean, it's, it, there's a swagger that you're mm -hmm. walking up to the box with, with that song. You know what I mean? Um, and then mentally speaking, I'm thinking like, okay, there's no way I'm not going to put bat to ball in this at bat, you know, um, or whatever the agenda for the at bat is, you know, there's just sacrifice no way it's not bunt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but stand up there and take all four pitches. Um, <laughs> the, the second one was who you are. There's just something about that cool, like eclectic groove. Really? Just, it, 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 it'll, it'll loosen you up. You'll get in there. Okay. You'll just kind of, kind of get some Willie Mays Hayes action going on there, and then uh, you're just ready to go. You know, every ball know, in just, the air is twenty push-ups. <laughs> exactly. It, I think it would loosen me up though. Okay. Um, now, if I if I wanted to pick it up a bit, uh, two surprising cuts here: Super Blood Wolf Moon or mm. Brain of Jay. Both lovely choices. Yeah. To your Brain of Jay point, I did have it in my short list along with Evolution. Hmm. 
so I can totally see where you're going there because Brandon J always gets me kind of jacked up and ready to go. Super Blood's a great choice too because it's got that groove going. So you can kind of just kind of sit in the pocket and kind of be ready and just that, that kind of yeah pop off your shoulder. I, I, and I, I like it. It's a, I told you like of the of the dad punk like to me Super Blood Wolf movie yeah. Pearl Jam finally nailing that sound and so, absolutely yeah. So anyway. That was a fun little aside. That was the aside because it, we wanted to keep that portion light because the rest of the show is going to be real heavy. Like, put get your box of Kleenex out. Like, Gravy. you're about to really sink in with us. No, I'm kidding. But maybe not really. So this part of the show, we talked about um, Vitalogy Foundation a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, the tenets by which Pearl Jam does their outreach and activism. Right. And that's a very important thing. And we, had a, we thought it was a very important topic to discuss and what, what songs kind of go with that. Then we thought about this idea of, you know, what about a sister episode to that? You know, Vitality is all about helping to solve macro issues through like a ticket tax or other means. Right. And then you have like benefit shows and albums, which are much more focused, really laser focused on a specific target. Um, you know, be it a person or a group of people who need assistance. A number of benefit albums and concerts over the years. Obviously, I mentioned uh, Eddie doing the Tibet House um, 34th annual benefit just recently. Uh, I believe it was a virtual affair, I think. I don't know. But uh, the band has always done that, um, that Tibetan show, uh, I think in the summers over the years. Uh, we've got a number of albums here that they've uh, put songs on, uh, originals or covers. Home Alive, they played Leaving Here, Sweet Relief, they did Crazy Mary, Music for Our Mother Ocean, Grab Me Out of Control, Music for Our Ocean, Volume 3, Whale Song, Whale Song right. Bridge School Concerts, Volume 1 with Nothing Man, uh, the Sweet Stuff Foundation, which was the uh, EDO, uh, the uh, Eagles of Death Metal tracks. Right. Then you had Cover Stories, which was uh, that uh, Brandy Carlisle song, Again Today, Tibetan Freedom Concert, Yellow Ledbetter, The No Boundaries, Kosovo Ret- Refugees album with Soldier of Love and Last Kiss. For the Lady, uh, which was a benefit for uh, Burmese something or other. I, I could hardly read the cover art there, but it was uh, Better Man for that one. Artists for Peace and Justice for Haiti Relief Efforts. That was My Father's House and My City of Ruins with Ben Harper, Ed and Ben Harper. British School Concerts 25th Anniversary, Better Man Again. Then you've got uh, Golden State, which was Golden State with Ed and Natalie Maines. That was for the West Memphis Three, who have since been released. Yep. Raw Power was, uh, I believe, Mike uh, helping out on a song called Search and Destroy, an Iggy Pop song, benefit for them. And then, of course, Sonic Evolution, which was uh, Mad Season plus Friends. Chris Cornell was involved uh, to help the Seattle Symphony and the Vitalogy Foundation. So just some of the things that Pearl Jam has been involved with in a benefit capacity over the years on top of all the shows that they've done. So we thought a good sister episode to the Vitalogy Foundation would be if you were going to create a benefit album for a specific cause, what would that cause be and which Pearl Jam song would you include? You get five songs to be a part of this benefit. Obviously, that's a lot for benefit, but hey, we got to fill some time here. So (laughs) benefit, what is it and what songs do you put on there and why? And I will allow you to lead off my friend, birthday boy. Go ahead. What oh, you got for me? Lead off. All yes. right. Fantastic. In no sacrifice, ba- bun. Just a drag bun. <laughs> I was just going to say, in keeping with our baseball theme here, yeah. <laughs> you can Otis Nixon this thing off. Outstanding. So 
I feel pretty strongly that uh, not enough attention has been dedicated to the effects of kids not being in schools. Uh, I think that there's been a ton of focus on um, the effects of COVID and, and the benefits of remote learning, some real, some very much perceived. Uh, but I do feel that there's a lot, there's been a negative impact that I think we've seen and studies are starting to reveal. And, and I think that a benefit to raise money for particularly children growing up in impoverished or um, under, underserviced areas of the country, kids who maybe didn't have internet access, kids mm. who, you know, need the ability to purchase an iPad or a computer or something like that for as long as, at least in California, they're going to continue to force this remote learning in, in certain parts of the state. And so I feel that a benefit to kind of raise funds for the kids who have suffered due to the inability to be in school, whether it's because they uh, are sadly stuck at home in an abusive household or uh, their families don't have the revenue to purchase the necessary equipment or the school that they go to, you know, the district could not afford the technology necessary to facilitate remote learning for them or a whole host of other things related to, to mental health with kids not having the structure and the resources that school can provide. Um, so I, I, I see a lot of worthy causes all attached to to kids not being in school and, and, and how funding for this could, could help so many children in the need from, you know, elementary age all the way through high school. So I started kind of reviewing a list of songs here and I figured five songs could be pretty easy to do. Uh, I have six. I got one bonus, mm. which I may, I may strike out from, okay. from the list here, but, um, uh, the the one that that stood out to me is is kind of a a bonus track would be Love Boat Captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like these lyrics here. You know, I know it's already been sung. It can't be said enough. Love is all you need. All you need is love. Once you hold the hand of love, all it's all insurmountable. So, looking at this situation from the point of view of the children who are not really understanding what's going on and. Or the older kids who are saying, I get what's going on, but I have needs and they're not being met. I don't know who to turn to. I feel like if we have love to cling to, you know, or if that, that message is being preached, that there's at least a silver lining and a sliver of hope, something that they can latch on to there. So I thought that was, that was kind of a nice sentiment, but it's a little loose for me. So I kind of had it more as an honorable mention. Hey, it's a good, it's a good blanket for pretty much anything. So you yeah. could have <laughs> that, yeah. had that on anything. Any benefit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, 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 when you think about it, it actually is kind of an interesting benefit style track from Pearl Jam that mm. they can throw on to anything, to be honest with you. Uh, so am I just going to list my five or are we going to alternate here? Um, I think you should just kind of go through. I'll just go through. And uh, everyone should know, if they don't already, that you are a school teacher of, of the preteen-ish age, right? Yes. So, I, Well, I've been working in education for 15 years, I think. So you, this, this is very near and dear to you because you, you, it is. you teach yeah. kids from kind of all over the map, don't you? I, yeah. Well, I mean, I've worked with ages from, gosh, 
third and fourth grade all the way up through 11th and 12th grade. So, so pretty much the spectrum. Um, and I've worked in af- after school programs when I was much younger with children in the, the kindergarten through third grade age as well. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar developmentally with where their headspace is at and uh, the scope and sequence of their curriculum and what they're losing right now. So the gravitas you have on this subject is going to pale it's, in comparison to what I have with my topic. Well, not necessarily. Okay. This one's near and dear to my heart, <laughs> mostly because I work in that sector and because I have children of my own, one of whom is, is directly impacted by all right. this. So here are my five. I, I go with uh, oceans. Hold on to the thread. The currents will shift. Glide me towards you. Know something's left. And we're all allowed to dream of the next time we touch. And so I, I know that there's a romantic sentiment here, but this idea that we, we will be together again soon, you know, we'll have the chance for human connection that's not through a screen, you know what I mean? I'm a little concerned that much of the, the business world is transitioning to this. You have a lot of uh, this millennial gen- generation who almost prefers the ability to do business through something like Zoom. And I think a, a lot of industries are trending in that direction where you're going to have a lot less face-to-face. And in some ways, I think the convenience of that is wonderful. I think in other ways, there are, there's, there's an alarming uh, byproduct of that. And uh, that's a conversation we can have for another day. We'll feel but, the ramifications of that probably in about 10 to 15 years. Right. Exactly. Whatever, whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So given a fly, we'll go with next. Mm. First, he was stripped and then he was stabbed by faceless men. Right. He still gives his love, though. He just gives it away. And this idea that there's still goodness and love within you. And no matter how stripped of all that is good that you feel that, that you are, you still have that to give. And nothing that has happened has taken that away from you. And that arguably is, is your greatest asset. You know what I mean? Um, and it's the tie that binds us all together. So I, I thought uh, it was a very hopeful track. Um, I am mine, I think is a perfect track for something like this. Innocence lost at one time. I know I was born. I know that I'll die. The in-between is mine. I am mine. Just giving these young people the reminder that they are who they are and they have the power to dictate who they become. And and they don't have to let circumstances decide who they are and who they will be. That are these circumstances being completely out of their control. Um, And so I thought that was a very uh, uplifting song about affirmation and self-validation the greater sense of self long road i thought made perfect sense here mm. we all walk the long road all the friends and family all the memories going around it really makes sense the sun will rise another day right i mean <laughs> the, the, the song just is, i think is perfect for for these types of of causes and then going with the newer track here it's not one of my favorites on the latest album but i think it's the type of track that we are going to find on benefits in the in the future and that's river cross Uh, You look at the lyrics here, drifting off in the undertow, look around the promise now, here and now, won't hold us down, share the light. It it really is a very Mm. hopeful, uplifting song about the light at the end of a very dark tunnel. And I feel that this is the type of track that, you know, you feel like you're on the opposite end of a river and you just want to get to the other side and the promise of, of a better day ahead and not being held down by these aforementioned circumstances that are beyond your control. So these tracks really stood out to me as, as 
befitting of the type of, of worthy cause that I think could use funding and attention both in the press and also monetarily from from society at large. So to recap, it's Oceans, uh-huh. Given the Fly, I Am Mine, Long Road, and what did you what did you say? River Cross. River Cross. There you go. Wow. Yep. Eclectic bunch of songs. Yeah, it's it, it was fun. I enjoyed kind of experimenting with the, the tracks and um they're not the types of tracks that I would say, Hey, these are, these are on my list of top 10 or 15 tracks of Pearl Jam's written, you know, but I was really trying to think thematically which songs kind of present that mood and reflect those themes and motifs, because that's what I wanted to come out. You know, I want the song to echo the sentiment and the cause. And I felt like lyrically and in many cases, musically, these tracks did a fine job of that. It's interesting that we can have these hypotheticals and uh, choose songs that may not have been written. Well, obviously, I haven't been written for no. the cause that we're we're talking about, but they have these layers to them where you can pull secondary meaning, like looking up a song in the dictionary and seeing, okay, not meaning number one or two, I'm taking number three because that's the applicable meaning here, right? right. And I was um, I was on a clubhouse chat on friday night with uh a couple of other podcast hosts and a couple other people uh who were listening in randy from live and four legs was there and the host from touring fan podcast and i'm sorry his name escapes me oh i feel so stupid right now but uh welcomed me in and we were talking about you know why is you know why do you follow pearl jam um mm-hmm. figuratively i guess and literally but and I was saying that one of the things we talked about is the fact that there are these layers to songs that a lot of other artists don't necessarily have. And while any artist can write a breakup song, you can really kind of hit the hit the dead horse a bunch of times because at a certain point, what can you really what else can you say? But there are other viewpoints. You know, it, there are a three sixty view to a lot of these problems, a lot of these scenarios, and being able to find you know, what's underneath to find how a song can be applicable to another story, another scenario. It just, it, the complexity of lyrics, I guess, from Ed and, and everybody else, just, it, it's really astonishing that they can do that. And when we find these songs working in other cases like this, I don't know how many bands really have that ability so as just as an, as an aside, that was kind of what we were talking about on Friday, but it reminded me of this, this hypothetical that we're doing. So let me get to my uh, benefit here. And I want to preface this by saying that I spoke to a friend of mine about this because he is a part of this thing and he knows much more about it than I have because he's been um, in it for, how old are we? God, 20 years. 22 years. Mm. This has to do with veterans. Okay. And um, more specifically, DOD and VA reform. And DOD reform as it pertains to soldiers and the understanding of benefits to injuries on the job and the VA and how it's underfunded and understaffed. And, you know, active soldiers, as we know, are, are underpaid and they see DOD budgets kind of prioritizing jobs programs instead of the humans who are in the harm's way. And as I was speaking to a buddy of mine, we'll call him Larry. And uh, Larry went to college with me 
and he was an ROTC and he was a paratrooper and he was in, uh, I think some sort of like communications commands post and he was, but he was in the line of fire in Afghanistan and Iraq. And um, he's, he's back home um, in the States now, but I asked him about this and he said, well, the thing that they don't, the DOD um, and the military in general doesn't tell you is that is whether or not the job you are meant to do is too dangerous or if you should choose another path because of the inherent risks. I mean, there's obviously the obvious risk of dying and mm-hmm. everybody knows what the really obvious things are. Like, sure. you know, if you go into battle, you could get shot and die. If you go yeah. into the air force, you could get shot out of the sky and die. Those are the obvious things, but little things like if you paratroop out of a, out of a jet, um, you know, 25 to 50 times, you might end up getting a crazy ass hernia in your back and the VA only covers half of it. And then that, that hernia causes sleep apnea, which apparently is crazy ubiquitous amongst the military. And then you have to sleep with this friggin', you know, head unit mask for the rest of your life. It's almost like when you, you get a warranty for your car you say, Oh, this is covered, right? Well, no, see this part was covered, but the part that caused that part to break was not exactly. So now none, none of it's covered. It's like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. So my buddy Larry was basically explaining that. I mean, he was going down the jargon rabbit hole. So I had to try and really pick out the layperson points of this, but you know, there's, there's a lack of um, perspective between the DOD and the VA. And there's no coordination between the cabinet members of this, according to my buddy. And he said that it's not something that they can just do. It needs legislative action. The secretary mm-hmm. of defense just can't make it happen. Luckily, there is something called um, the, uh, within SOCOM, which is a Special Operations Command. They're doing uh, like holistic healing and treating soldiers like athletes, which is really good for um, therapy and kind of extending the you know or fixing guys correctly and, and women correctly. But it's really kind of self-serving because it kind of extends your lifespan as a soldier. So it's like mm-hmm. it kind of give a little, get a little, and. I said to him, well, you know, you're in a really good spot, aren't you? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in a really good situation where I can get the best um, earphones and I can get treated for these things. And even, even as in a good position that I am in, I still only get 50% coverage from my back. And I only get, you know, my knee is only a 10% covered And in his father who is in the military has had claims um, with the VA for like 10 years with nothing. He's missing wow. out on all this free money that the VA would, would have covered him for, but there's nobody to, to like actually process his claims. It's crazy. So unfortunate. It's crazy. Ridiculous. So I said to him, I go, well, you're in a good position. Aren't you like, you know, just the, you know, the, the regular boot soldiers that just, you know, they're just there to, you know, unfortunately they're looked at as just robots. Basically he goes, yeah, that there are expendable soldiers, you know, for lack of a better term who are in a worse position than him. And I mean, he's a commander. And it's really bad for him. And he has these back issues, like I said. Imagine these expendable soldiers who have worse problems or maybe even the same problem, but have worse coverage. Wow. Because they're not in a, in a grand position to have a direct line of communication to the people who really can help you. Right. He told me this phrase. He goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of pain. <laughs> and I said, wow. He goes, dude, the DOD and the VA need to communicate better. There needs to be a continuity of care. Uh, I said to him, is the VA allowed to communicate risks to soldiers? Are they too underfunded? Are they too understaffed to do this? And he said that the VA isn't oriented in the right way. All their focus is on customer service, status of hospitals, litigations, not thinking of how to get ahead of the problem. I go, so, you know, 
where should then my fake benefit, you know, direct the money? He said, there's something called the SOCOM Care Coalition. Um, they do a lot of this um, filling in the gap insurance kind of thing for veterans. Uh, I couldn't find on their website how to how to donate to them. Um, he said, also, the other way to go is to, unfortunately, with our system, create a lobbying group to force mm. Congress to draft the legislation to fix this problem. And I said, well, you know what, then my fake um, my fake thing is going to I think Benefit's going to send all of the proceeds of this album to uh, create a lobby and to Care Coalition, SOCOM, Care Coalition. Anybody who's out there listening to this who is a veteran, who has any idea what I'm talking about, because I'm probably butchering half of this, <laughs> um, please please message me in, in the show because I think it's a very important thing. And I think a lot of people in this country who look at more progressive type people, like myself and Paul, I believe we could say, um, think that we frown on the military and that's not the case at, not all. at all not at no, all it's it's no. the politics of the thing but the people who who actively and voluntarily put themselves in these positions deserve the absolute best yeah they do and um the disconnect between the dod and the va and the soldier's health no, i mean if, is if you enlist awful. if you enlist to serve our country um there should be no obstacles towards getting you the care you need after that service. So I, I it, the amount of red tape and the bureaucracy behind it, 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 it goes far beyond being unfortunate. It truly is an injustice on so many levels. So I'm glad you brought this up. Actually, that's a very thoughtful and uh, unique approach to to creating a benefit so i'm curious to find out i have obviously a ton a of few, songs in my head that yeah, i think I'm would sure fit can, this so i would sure love I, I'm, I'm excited to find out what you got here yeah so anyways yeah so that that was kind of my thing because i think it's just like a really oddly maybe not oddly but it's an underspoken about um challenge that veterans face and that needs to be put a spotlight on and maybe maybe this fake you know thing maybe this podcast will help in some way i don't know but here are my five. They are in some sort of order because I'm a nerd like that. So um, let us start with Oceans. Hey. I know. Uh, this is obviously a love song, um, but I think it works here as well. Yearning to be with someone uh, an ocean away. Serene like the ocean itself can be, but with a little bit of energy can turn rough. So this seems like a really... Um, obvious choice for somebody who is proximity wise far away doing something else yearning for them that seemed like an easy choice and obviously it it fit for you too imagine now we've got a third layer for this song oceans is a pretty cool song uh next up army reserve had to do it obviously the story of a soldier off to war whilst his or her family is at home worrying is obviously the most common possible thread first and, song that came to mind i mean it obviously like i said I know I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, breaking uh, barriers here, breaking walls here. Uh, maybe it's too on the nose, but I don't care. And maybe sometimes you have to hit someone over the head with the obvious to get their attention. So maybe that's what this is here for. That's going to go straight into uh, Yellow Leadbetter. Oh, good one. Once home, you have to really wonder if regular folks, people who don't live in a military household, really understand the sacrifice. And even the sacrifice of not even 
dying, but the sacrifice I mentioned before that they, people have to live through over the years uh, once they're home. Right. Vets are taken for granted. They're underappreciated. How many soldiers don't even make it home? And the lucky ones that do make it back, that know the pain of a friend dying in a war, justified or not, sometimes it's not even they can convince some people that their friend's sacrifice was really for something as opposed to being just in vain. Beautiful song, Yellow Better. That's going to be my, my second song. My third, I'm sorry, my third song. Fourth, I've got Immortality. Mm, interesting. All of this, you know, coming home safely or in a box or a bag can drive anyone crazy. And war is more fucked up than we regular people can possibly imagine. And I have friends who are veterans, one I just mentioned, and even their stories cannot make me fully understand. And as Americans, our stories, um, our films, TV, et cetera, they glorify death and war so often that we become desensitized to it. The reality of it is lost, uh, if we ever had the ability to understand it in the first place. There's only so much one person can take, and sometimes the road to freedom, to safety, is to leave the earth entirely to them. At least that's what too many people think. You think about PTSD, chronic pain medicated by pills, and then illegal narcotics, you know, opioid crisis. It's way too real. The physical pain leads to psychological pain and sometimes back again. Too many feel their only way out is six feet down. Yeah. And unfortunately, that brings us to come back. It's the eulogy. This is the yeah. song we wish not to hear. We shouldn't hear it, but it's a reminder that we lose too many of our sons and daughters to a war um, or the collateral damage aforementioned. Whether the war is justified or not, the pain is the same. And this is the reminder that we need to be extra mindful when we send people to fight on our behalf. The price is ultimately everything. So I think those five songs kind of paint a mini arc of what life can be like um, as someone who knows someone in the military, being in the military, being a family member of somebody in the military. And, you know, it's not just life or death. There's a lot of gray area in between where people just suffer. Opioid crisis was one of the a most well-documented ones. But yep. like my buddy who's in a very, um, he's in very good shape. He's got a wonderful family. He's got like four or five kids. He's crushing it. Um, but he's got chronic back pain that's, that's really hard. And it's created sleep apnea, which is not fun. He can't sleep on his, he has to sleep on his back for the rest of his life. And he's, it's incredibly uncomfortable. I feel like I'm, describing um, to someone who doesn't understand this, a first world problem, but it's not. Try having a, a fucked up back and sleep apnea and tell me how fucking fun that is. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are all kinds of pain and just psychological or physical that is, is really t- tough to deal with and gets swept under the rug by the DOD and the VA. So let's, let's try and make that a thing to fix. How about that? Yeah, totally on board with you, man. All right. I told you to get a little heavy and there you go. But we are going to move on and maybe get heavier or lighter, depending on your view, with our Lyric of the Week. All right. Lyric of the Week. We are inching towards the present. And by that, I mean, we're going with Lightning Bolt song, and that is Yellow Moon. Rings up bullet on chain, one life 
Trackball, Yellow Moon, second to last track on Lightning Bolt. What do you think? So these lyrics that you chose from Yellow Moon, obviously very much related to the benefit idea that you just created. Um, the song's title, as far as I understand it, is a reference to a Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Neil Young track called Helpless. Uh, Neil sings on that track, Blue Windows Behind the Stars, Yellow Moon on the Rise. Obviously, we know the history with Pearl Jam and Neil Young. Um, so you look at the song here, which actually almost didn't make Lightning Bolt surprising, as that may seem. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, Mike said that his, the lead part there, he was trying to write a beautiful part of a person ascending. And I feel that you, the, the moon rising essentially is this, this soul rising, or it, it could also be this, this person finding solace or, or finding a way to try and overcome, or quite frankly, just being so helpless that that's all that you can do is watch the moon rise. And that's the only thing that connects you to the person that you've lost. But these lyrics here are, they really stand out to me in so far as the imagery that's created, because you have this image of this headstone and the colors fading and the sky growing dark and the echo, the echo of that bullet. And that, that echo just reverberates in the mind of this person whether it was actually heard or just tragically imagined. And so I feel like this song is very much a poem in that you're using this kind of like paradoxical imagery of having a person witness the like almost like nocturnal um, synergy or the atmosphere perhaps that corresponds and parallels the person who's been lost and perhaps looking up at that same moon. And so you, you kind of feel that connection with somebody who's gone. Uh, but I think it's, an, an, I'm not going to call it a sequel to the Crosby stills, young and Nash song helpless, but it's an interesting parallel between the two tracks. And I, I found it to be a standout track actually in a lightning bolt. So it really runs, uh, right along with, with the benefit idea that you have. I was actually surprised that this, this track wasn't among your top five. I actually mm -hmm. thought that it might've been, I think it's ripe for a benefit track. Actually. I'm, I'm surprised mm -hmm. that Pearl Jam hasn't looked to add it to something. Uh, it just kind of has that ascending uplifting, but also very introspective, reflective and um, contemplative tone to it. So. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with pretty much all that. That one line, at night the sky grows dark with fallen stars. If you go to a national cemetery, that's what it feels like. Yeah. We have the LA National Cemetery right by UCLA here. It stretches for about a mile or so. It's a couple football fields wide, runs right along the 405 freeway. How many of those stars falling did so in vain? How many fell for worthy causes? for the right reasons, if you can even argue that. And gray is such an important word in this song 
because rarely is something black or white. And, you know, why someone dies is certainly a complex issue. And you know, a parade, another important word in this, in this lyric batch here, parade is something, it's an interesting word here because it pertains to my benefit choice of properly honoring veterans. You know, it feels pretty apropos. A parade is a celebratory version of marching. And who marches more in line than soldiers? Not just literally, they do. Following orders, doing what their commanders do, regardless of whether or not you, th- uh, you think it's the right decision. A parade of death, perhaps, of what I see when I look at the National Cemetery. I think the Yellow Moon line, and it probably, I mean, you're right, it probably comes from, from Neil. I think it refers to being comfortable letting go to focus on the negatives and to focus on the depressing eventuality of death isn't healthy and it will not let us heal. It won't help us heal. Uh, Fight to bring happiness in this world however you can because no one defies the end. So if you can, I think this kind of falls in line with I am mine. If you can understand that what you can control is what you can control that brings a, a bit of a bit of peace to you. And I think that that when you see somebody uh, die who is close to you, you probably start questioning everything. Your mind starts racing. You know, how, what, what can I control? Am I, what's going to happen when I go? It's like, you got to slow down. Let it, be that, let it be a reminder that you are here. You can control what you can control. Slow down. Acknowledge, you know, the heartache, but let it remind you that you are still here and there are happier times to come. I think, I think that's where it's going. Am I, am I off here? No, like Mike said, that lead is about a person ascending. Now that could be the, the, the ascending soul of the person who's been lost. It could be the ascension of someone finding a path out of this tragedy, out of this bleak, dismal state that he or she finds him or herself in. And so I don't think you're off the mark at all with that. It's funny you mentioned cemeteries. Growing up in Northern California where I did, I lived near a a town called Colma. And uh, three quarters of the town of Colma was actually zoned for cemeteries. There's 17 cemeteries there. There's more dead people in Colma than living. It's a bizarre- How is that? uh, I know, it's like a phenomenon. And you drive along the highway and you just see these cemeteries and all these gravestones. And obviously in a blur driving by, they're just, they're nameless to you. You know what I mean? And it, it makes me think of, of the fallen stars, yeah. you know, and how, how it just becomes a black canvas. And, uh, but each one of those was a person and there's, there's a real discussion to be had there. And, and I think we're just scratching the mm. surface of it. Pearl Jam don't have, I don't think very many songs about, about death in this way i mean i mean come back sure well i'll be honest with you jason it's it's a jeff song and i think jeff for some reason if you really look at the catalog and you 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 take a look at jeff's music songs like low light songs like yellow moon there's so many tracks from jeff that seem to tackle a Mm. lot of this Uh, undone i think was a jeff song if if i'm not mistaken or no uh Oh boy, I don't know. Uh, the riot act beside, I forget. But um, no, what was it? I literally just picked this out as one of my 
my top B-sides. How is it evading me now? Undone looks to be... Other side. Yeah, other, other side. side. Sorry. So that, 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 that's editing, another yeah. example, you know? And so I, I feel like there's a, a running theme with his music. and He really always seems to be exploring that space of loss and how to examine the human condition within that space musically. And he, he does a marvelous job. I mean, the time signature of this song is really what makes it a standout to me. And I feel that that's something Jeff really excels at. So it's, 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 it's a great, great underrated track. And I honestly didn't, and, did and, not uh, care for it for a while. I just can't, mm. I think the time signature and I think the time signature really kind of, I was like, okay, move along, move, move. <laughs> and the more I kind of listened to it, um, especially really, really trying to understand the lyrics as opposed to just hearing them, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I started to really get it. And um, no, it's a lovely song, lovely song. And we're going to hear it live in its best possible format in our live card of the week. Here we are, live cut of the week, Yellow Moon. Apparently I'm rapping now. I don't know. <laughs> Paul. We're going to Philly. We're going to Ooh. Philly. We're going to Philly on October 21st, 2013. Okay. So the time signature, I mentioned that before. When I went on the hunt for the best version of this song, it was that signature that I, that I was on the hunt for. I listened to every cut I could of this track, and I was specifically looking for that time signature feeling in sync because to me the heart and soul the beat of this track really rests in that signature and it if if it's not picked up in the right way if it if if they feel flat or uh if they seem weary in the delivery it doesn't quite land in the same way. You don't get that same degree of ascension that Mike talks about with the the solo towards the and so I, I really felt like this particular version, it's an outstanding recording. The time signature is flawless. And to me anyway, and it's crisp. The sound is impeccable. It's just a great version of the track. Cool. Let's go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, October 21st, 2013. Feel 
26 times, Paul, it's been played. Just 26 times. Oh. I think Ed's really strong here on the vocals. I think his vocal it's melody ad-libs are really cool. Mm-hmm. He sort of floats around. Yeah. Uh, he's very strong in the bridge as well. I think Mike's lead is really cool. It's really lovely. It's different from the recording, but it's soaring. Um, and that's a word that he mentioned. That's so, yeah. And I, I wrote that down before you even told me that quote. So... I'm glad that that worked out there. Interestingly enough, there's two songs before in the set list are Man of the Hour and Off He Goes. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so hey. a father dying and a, and, a, and a friend constantly leaving, like just this, this loss that's yeah. happening in three songs in a row. So a great choice, a, a lovely song, underrated. Guys, go back and listen to it. I know people often uh, poo-poo Lightning Bolt a little bit. And uh, listen, I don't think it's their strongest, but there are some gems hidden we're going to have to revisit that one. When, it, when that album came out, I remember feeling really good about that one. And, and, and I, feel, I felt the same way about Avocado. And for some bizarre reason, neither of those albums have aged to the fan base as well as maybe some folks felt they sounded when they first heard mm-hmm. them. Sometimes I wonder if it's just the layoff. You know, per, they'll, they'll go so long without an album that whatever they give you, you just like eating it all up and devouring it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, granted, you know, not everybody loved the album on the first listen, of course, but um, I'd, li- I'd like to explore lightning bolt more with you, Jason. Well, perhaps we've, we've tipped a hand here. Uh, we may have in an upcoming right. episode. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they end the show. Just contemplative size. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll stop. We'll stop. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Another one in the books. Uh, another kind of heavy show, but we started off with some baseball nonsense. Hey, it is yeah. it is the season. Nobody knows this because they don't see our, our show notes, but we actually initially went into this talking about what are Pearl Jam's best benefit tracks. And then yeah. you you rightly said, eh, this kind of feels like the Vitology Foundation episode a little bit too much here. Um, but uh, 
My City of Ruins. What a great cover. I mean, mm. that's still a standout off the, be- uh, off the benefits for me as well. So I'd love to hear from the listeners here. What is a benefit near and dear to you? What's a benefit idea that you would like Pearl Jam to contribute to? And what's a, a track off the catalog that you'd love to hear on that album? Or better yet, is there a track as of yet composed that you would like to see Pearl Jam explore? thematically subject matter uh, a song written from the point of view of a particular subject mm. or another I, that's something that we never talk about like if you could actually be in the driver's seat of a pearl jam composition what would that sound like for a single track i don't know um that sounds like the next omaze uh, uh <laughs> raffle yeah exactly right write a but song for, write a song but for now i would say please talk to us tell us let us know what type of a benefit would you like to see Pearl Jam contribute to? And what track from the catalog, or two, or even five, like we did, would you like to hear on that album? Right in. P.O. Box 525. <laughs> Some people have no clue what I'm talking about. Anyway, no. thanks again for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.